0: So, um, thank you for staying and I hope you enjoyed that. Um, Hopefully you recognise these three. You're not going to recognise me or Carlton. Um, Carlton is the director of the um, piece and I'm um, the creative executive for Microwave. So I was creative executive on film and also I'm marketing distribution consultant for the scheme. Um, So, uh, just to look, just wanted to set some context. Um, I don't like Um, talking about about budget too much but um, for those who don't know necessarily exactly what Microwave is and what I was just talking about there in what I do is that um, Microwave is a scheme from Film London and BBC that challenges filmmakers to make movies for £100,000 or less Uh, so in the context of that piece of information I hope you'll realise that Freestyle is quite an achievement um, particularly uh, in terms of its production value which I think is pretty extraordinary. So we made. There you go. A, I'm a clap. Um, so obviously the people around me can uh, are major contributors to that success. So um, if I'll just start by just warming up with a couple of questions, and then we'll just throw it open to you guys, basically. Um, so Colton, do you want to talk a little bit about the kind of what attracted you to the piece, actually, and sort of um, you know before
1: it became a microwave film? Um, When I was first sent the script, it was a £2 million project. So um, (laughs) considerably bigger than than the budget that we ended up working with. Um, A couple of things attracted me to this project. One is that it was a very sort of positive story. Most of the films, that most of the scripts that I get sent that feature a largely black cast tend to be about gun crime, uh, knife crime, gang violence social problems. And what I liked about this film was that um, it was about something different. I mean, I think you know, there's lots of stories that you could tell about you know, young people, young people in urban communities, and we keep getting the same kinds of stories again and again and again. So I was really responded to the fact that it was a very different type of story. Um, That and the fact that I used to play basketball when I was younger Mm -hmm. So I liked the fact that it was about basketball And it was just about something different and it was fresh And I like it was a love story which really appealed to me
0: so what are the chances of a basketball film coming through the door and a guy who used to play basketball who can direct? It doesn't happen very often, so we couldn't really say no to that one. Um, and, you know, just to add to that, from our point of view, that was very important as well. You know, I mean, we this was the second year of the scheme that we greenlit freestyle. And so we'd already been through one year. We made Mum and Dad a horror film and then we made Shifty, um, which is an urban thriller sort of, I guess. And... Um, We'd had something like seventy-five applications and um, that year, and then this the the year of freestyle we'd had maybe about the same or eighty and as you said, actually lots of British projects, particularly when they know that the budget is very specifically small, lots and lots of stuff that has a very, very similar theme like knife crime, not particularly positive stories, pretty downbeat endings. You know, again, that was a kind of major reason why we wanted to do it as well. From our point of view, it would just felt fresh, felt like it didn't, it stood out in the marketplace as well. It stood out for audiences. It felt like it was trying to do something that was kind of quite classic, uh, but certainly, you know, do something with a also with a British spin to it. So that was kind of important for us. Um, and so, just to go now, bring in our lovely cast. On mm. obviously, it was a challenge to find people who could most importantly free, freestyle yeah. first and foremost. I think the biggest. So let's talk about I that.
1: Mean, there's lots of challenges, but one of the challenges was it's not really a low-budget film because you've got basketball sequences, dance sequences you know, relatively big cast, a young cast who probably aren't going to have a lot of acting experience, um, you know, all those things make it a difficult beast to wrestle down and it's not really a low-budget film. So those were all the kind of problems that we had, so what we did was, we initially when we started casting we were looking for actors, conventional casting methods. And what we were finding was that we were getting a lot of actors turning up who the agent said, oh, they can play basketball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course, you get them and you throw them a basketball and say, right, show me what you can do. And they couldn't do anything.
0: And you couldn't get it past him as well. So <laughs> that was the other problem.
1: So and the, the, the target audience for this kind of film would spot, you know, immediately if it was fake and you had actors who were trying to play basketball and I was sort of cutting around it. So then we sort of flipped it on its head and then we started casting for basketball players who maybe had the potential to act And that's how we ended up with uh, the lovely Rhoda and Lucy, who had never acted before.
0: Whereas you had James. I'm going to pick on you. You you are so there are so it's a nice balance, isn't it? It, Actually, it was a
1: mixture. It was a mixture of um, some of the young cast members had acting experience. um, Obviously, the ones who didn't need to play basketball. But all the all the players in the in the film had never acted before, apart from Lorenzo actually the male lead. We have struck lucky with him. Um, a, he's a really good actor. B, he looks fantastic. He looks like a leading man. Um, he could play basketball, and he'd actually done a bit of freestyling as well. You know, what are the chances <laughs> of that? <laughs> so we struck really lucky with him. Um, but for the rest, it was really about, it was a long pre-production period. Um, and just introducing the cast that we'd found through an extensive sort of nationwide search, um, just introducing them to things, that, the skills that they didn't have. Uh, which is not really what you're doing for usually you'd expect for a low budget film like this
0: so basically we got um, partners involved quite early on, Revolver who were distributing the film because it was really important that we could do this search for a star that we ended up doing, how many cities did we do?
1: London, Birmingham, Manchester
0: yep yeah. and but we did like several in london didn 't we yeah. So basically a campaign to get the word out, you know get people who could freestyle or play basketball or really good dancers, see as many as we could pos- possibly see. Uh, and in doing so, also start to build up a grassroots c- campaign, social networking. So so a big sort of profile on Bebo that also was building up an audience that, you know, they people might come along, do the audition, be part of it or come with their friend. But, you know, maybe not get through, but we could sort of hold on to them and, and kind of, you know create a positive message to them that you know we'd take them through the the process and then obviously they could hopefully you know then be keen to see the movie because you know they're part of a community that's you know doesn't see themselves on screen you know there aren't that many british basketball films i struggle to think of them so uh (laughs) you know that it was doing something kind of you know that that was appealing to them so that was another kind of key thing that we did <clears throat> so I'd like to bring in the actors and say, um, well, Lucy, how was it for you? <laughs> um, you pulled off quite a big feat, really. You'd never acted before, ever, um, really, had you?
2: No, I hadn't. It was actually... It was really exciting, and that, luckily it was, because that was a, I was able to let that energy carry me through. Um, but it was great. It was, it was cool, because working with someone like Colton, I came through the basketball background... I hadn't acted ever before. Um, I'd only played basketball with my local team growing up and I had some dance background. But um, so when I met Colton and Lincia and they explained that I could get on with it and take a few lessons, um, that helped me and that kept me going, taking the lessons, making me feel like I had some sort of a foundation. And um, yeah, that was it. (laughs) That was it, it was the excitement that kept me going through it.
0: So James, you were a bit like a sort of veteran actor on the <laughs> set, weren't you, <laughs> compared to some others? Yeah, who were. well,
1: but it was fun working with everybody. Um, I was just happy to be part of the project, seeing it is such a positive film and a message that's um, coming across. Um, coming on set with everyone, you know, some people could act, some people couldn't, but everyone seemed to get along well and everyone gave 100%. Um, I'm getting tongue-tied.
3: Colin <laughs> <laughs> well, Salmon
0: held still still court quite well, didn't he? He yeah. was pretty good. I remember yeah. everyone surrounding him and telling and stories about Bond. Yeah. Yeah. I, think so
1: I think basically because, uh, you know, shooting on uh, this sort of budget, 100,000, it meant we had 18 days to shoot the whole film. So in the end, what we created was a kind of family sort of atmosphere with the actors and the non-actors. And in the end, we kind of sort of strength and adversity if you like there was sort of camaraderie around the whole shoot and the, the professional actors I think were very generous mm-hmm. in helping the non-actors along nobody was sort of pulling any airs and graces yeah. everybody was very generous with their talents and that's how we got through in the end Yeah,
0: and you know it was, as, as Colton said it was, re- it was not a low budget movie a mm-hmm. micro budget film really <laughs> not naturally anyway I mean it, it was delivered for £100,000 but, you know, I mean, we shot in Shoreditch, in Vauxhall. In uh,
1: and Camberwell. Yeah, I mean, quite a few yeah. locations, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and, you know, quite a challenge to, you know, it's still, it's a small unit to move, but it's still a unit to move. And, yeah. you know, as you, I'm sure you would have recognised quite a few of those locations. Um, you know, that wasn't, a, that was quite a considerable challenge. And Lindsay, yeah. who's not here, the producer and Andy Hardwick, the line producer, did a great job on that yeah, front, yeah, didn't yeah. they? yeah.
1: Just, I mean, it had to be sort of, I mean I guess with any film whatever the budget is it's as well organised as it can be going into it but I think with a, with a shoot like this in 18 days the margin for error was, was really tiny and I think everybody had to be on top of their game to make sure that we could bring it in without any, any major disasters really and we, got, we got lucky
0: So let's throw it open to the crowd, or or lots of lots. I pick first Um, Barrington at the back. No, you. So, Uh, well well done, Colin, and um,
3: everyone involved. I enjoyed it. Um, I just want to know what the rollout plan is. What is um, Justin and Revolver planning on doing on getting it out?
0: Uh, so it comes out. Uh, it's um, on all platforms day and well, pretty much all platforms day and date. So it comes out February twenty sixth on every platform other than DVD. Um, it comes. So it's got three week, three day um, window where VOD, cinemas, uh, hopefully Sky, and download. And then on the Monday following, it comes out on DVD. Uh, and it's going to be marketed. Um, Mum and Dad was the first multi-platform release obviously a couple of people have done it it has been done since but the idea is that it's really pushed because it's a teen (coughs) audience and the teen audience all stats say that they want to see films when they want to see them on all the platforms that they want to see them No, no films have really marketed like that Right, I said we've listened to you, so and you know you and so they really push that it's on all these other platforms. So they're doing that, um, and we've got quite a lot. I mean, the onus is mainly starting on uh, in London on in cinemas. So we've got Ritzy Brixton, the Empire Leicester Square, um, the Stratford Picture House, Marlin Genesis, Rich Mix, Rich Mix. So really good mix of cinemas in London, and then it will roll out um, across the country more in you know art houses in the key cities and uh it's it'll be at asda hmv we didn't get into sainsbury's and tesco boo hiss um but hopefully we'll be all right with the bigger retailers so um and then uh, you know huge push on i mean most of the spend is online and social networking and that kind of you know word of mouth grassroots sort of stuff we're also doing things with hip hop rave Festival, uh, which happens. Where is that
1: happening again? I think it's uh, towards the end of March. I think. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. and um, and kind of trying to arrange sort of screenings with like there's a program. Hopefully, faith screening program that we're trying to do, uh, and that will be more likely March, and so um, that's kind of the main onus really. I mean, they're spending a decent amount of money, uh, so it's. Yeah, they're kind of... It's it's quite a gamble in a way that because it's not an... E- you can't get into most big cinemas because of the day and date problem. So that's an issue. You know, like, the big chains won't support you, so you've got to do the indies, yeah. So So it means that we're sort of minimising the number of cinemas but hopefully maximising the number of people who can see it at the same time. Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, I mean, I think the... You know, you've all seen the film. It's a genre picture, it's it's not an art house movie. It's the kind of uh, films that would be comparable to this films, they're all American films. Uh, and those films play the multiplexes. And really, I think that is the natural home for this kind of film. Unfortunately, the multiplexes won't take this sort of film if, unless you have a four month gap between the cinema and the DVD release. So because we're going in multi-platform, um, we've got to go for the other indie cinemas.
3: Yep.
0: Uh, where were the other questions there? Yep. <coughs> yes, please. I'm from the
4: London Socialist Film Co op, uh, a member of the committee. And since this is the London School of Film, allow me to start like this. There is a Chinese saying that 10,000 words, a picture is worth 10,000 words, but you need words to say that. If I will need Just one or two words to say what you have done, really. It's magnificent cinematography that you have done. With these 10,000 moving pictures, you have created magnificent cinematography. And uh, is it okay if I will suggest this for our next season for the London Socialist Film Co-op to be projected and then to have discussion even afterwards, question and answers, that's what we have always. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that will be after five or six months, of course, next season it will sure. be. And perhaps you, the director and the actors themselves will be present yeah, there. Sure. It will be magnificent, I think. Is it OK if I will suggest this?
0: Yeah, sure. All bookings programme? welcome. Yes. To <laughs> <know>. <laughs> for a fee to be negotiated, yes, of course. <laughs> um, Brian, yes? Yeah. Uh,
4: just a question about the the translation from the two million project that you inherited, down to 100,000. What major changes did you make in the
1: script from 2 million to 100,000, can you well, just to give a little bit of background, when I first received the script, I think the producer had been trying to get it financed, um, and um, I think it's fair to say that getting this type of film financed in this country is very difficult. Um, and in fact, if there's a film that came out called Kid Althoud, I don't know if many of you have seen that film. It came out, what, five or six years ago. I think up until Kid Althoud came out, I think there was a feeling in this country that a film that has a largely black cast, especially young cast like this, wouldn't make any money. And so it was almost impossible to get a film like this financed. Kid Althoud came out um, and did really well. So suddenly that changed the ideas in this country about what kind of films would be profitable and what kind of films wouldn't be. Um, Having said that, the producer had this script, um, couldn't get anywhere with it. And then I think I came on board and then the film London came into it. And then it was about somehow um, reducing this down to this, which meant a complete rewrite essentially, but keeping the the main thread of the story, which is the romance, Um, the idea about education and the value of education uh, and keeping the sort of upbeat ending but stripping out characters maybe stripping out some subplots and just keeping the main kind of core of the story and that was the process that we had to go through before we were ready to shoot
0: and deciding what scenes to really kind of collect the, the budget around I you yeah. know that it was really important that the competition looked really good and the dancing there was a big crane shot in that you know that that was, co- it, was it was quite awe inspiring when you walked on set that was shot in the Nichols and Clark building yeah. um, which is just off of um Bishop's Gate and uh, you know it was just amazing walking into this like major set I mean it looked like a million pound yeah, film. Yeah. It enormous, no, a, a a film it was
1: enormous with yeah, a real The energy it was incredible it was fantastic yeah. I mean yeah I think you're right I think when you know if you've only got a certain amount of money and I guess even if you had two million pounds you'd pick your moments about where you're going to spend the money to have your big set pieces and even more important on a, on a film like this so we picked sort of two or three moments where okay we're going to spend a bit, a bit more of the budget on this and, and the rest of it is about bringing it in as economically as we could do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: More questions?
3: Yep, at the back. Hi, um, Carlton. Um, my understanding was that um, Freestyle
1: was yeah. being planned for the premiere at the London Film Festival last year.
3: Yes. Um, and now it's been released in a week's time. Yeah. Is there a sense of disappointment that you missed that window with the London Film Festival and all the cachet that comes with that?
1: Um, Yes, it would have been nice to have played at the London Film Festival. I think um, it's a very London film, just from the look of the film. Um, It's kind of an American genre, but we were very keen that it would have a London feel, so the music, which was key to the film, um, is all British music. The slang and the style of it is very British, and it's financed by Film London, so it would have been fantastic to have played at the London Film Festival. Not really sure why we weren't selected. Um, I don't know if you've got any answers to that. I don't know why. Like no,
0: mystery to us,
1: really. Yeah, yeah. and it's a an very London film.
0: Yeah, down here.
1: You, you mentioned the music. I wonder, when you first started out, how restricted you were in terms of the 100 grand, you know, and,
0: and and bringing in commercial music, yeah, for example. Yeah, I
1: mean, you know, a film, a film of this genre aimed at this target audience, music was always going to be key. Um, we had a really well, there's Lincia. Lincia the producer's at the back there. She's just arrived.
0: Purple hat. <laughs> Why is Lincia?
1: Yeah. Uh, Lindsay could probably tell you more, but I mean I know we had a tiny amount of money to bring in. I think we used 32 tracks in the end. Um, we were because the target audience is obviously way out of my league. I don't really know what kind of music I know what kind of music this uh, audience would want. But it was, in the end, we got a music supervisor on called Bashi, who's an MC, who's quite well known to the target audience. Um, we were really lucky to get him on board as the music supervisor. And then with the, the pittance that we had for the music budget, he was able to use a lot of his contacts amongst artists, underground artists, and big artists that perhaps um, either hadn't been signed or had just been signed. <laughs> and um, we were able to get their tracks for, you so know... Is there, is there a soundtrack deal that you a soundtrack on the album? They're talking about it. I don't think it's been signed up yet, but they're talking no, about No, I it. mean, they'll promote
0: the music, but, I mean, soundtrack deals are really hard to get nowadays because, you know, I mean, no-one buys the CDs. It's all download stuff, so... And a lot of them already been out, but, yeah, a, a big amount of the promotion will push that side of things differently. Um, well done, by the way.
2: Oh, to all of these. Fantastic. Well, not yeah, I was just keen to know if any of the uh, non-actors are going to continue to act. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lucy, Rhoda? Um, I'm definitely trying to... Um, get my hands in acting afterwards. I'm, I mean, I'm at uni still. I'm in my third year at Oxford? <laughs> 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 Not quite
3: Oxford.
2: Um, I'm doing politics at Goldsmiths. So when this is finished, I'm hoping to join the Rada Summer School this year and get an agent and join the grind. And <laughs> <laughs> Rhoda right Nothing much on my part. Um, I, it was certainly an experience I, I wasn't anticipating. I mean, I signed up to be an extra, so to, to end up, you know, having a part, <laughs> I, I can't, I couldn't have asked for, for anything more. So, anything that comes my way, um, really, I'm, I'm willing to take on. It was a, an amazing experience, and I was very blessed to, to be a part of it. So. <laughs> Any more questions? Yep. Yeah.
3: Uh, I was going to ask a question. You said that you're releasing on a multi-format release that includes on iTunes as well.
0: Yes, it does actually. Yeah, but I
3: that, forgot um, iTunes. Are you doing an event at the Apple Store to introduce the film or question and answers there?
0: No, but if you work there you can book <laughs> us. <laughs> 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 no, <laughs> but that's a very good idea. I think should. you should you
3: should ask them if they if you can. They're quite they're quite open to that sort of thing. Yeah. If okay. they can do a QA then okay. so that you can actually get some exposure to the fans of the smaller screen.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a very good idea. Thank mm. you. Two very good leads here. Thank <laughs> you for that. <laughs> um, any more questions? Yeah, one at the front. Um, it kind of connects um, to sort of talking about the script and how you obviously have to scale it down, pick your moments. In general, with that scheme, how much script development is sort of part of part of this particular scheme? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we say we don't officially develop, but we'd because we green light, you know, when we're saying we're making the movie, we're making the movie. So you're, you are, but of course there needs development, you know, particularly with a view to the budget. Uh, you know every film needs work because of the budget restrictions Uh, so we yeah there's a very important that's a very important aspect and also we don't have we don't really have deadlines so we just decide when the film's going to be made within reason you know it can't go on for two years but we decide when the film's kind of ready uh, you know, it's two things. It has to be the script sort of getting in the right shape, and we don't fully finance, so it also needs to be when the other money comes into play. And because we put up the majority, but we don't put up all of it. And so that also is a challenge, especially in this marketplace. It's amazing how raising 40,000 or 30 grand, which um, is what they, this um, team needs to do you know is as hard sometimes as actually like you know put two zeros on and it's still the same challenge but yeah development is definitely an important part and mentoring is an important part in what we do so we bring in kind of seasoned script editors director mentors we had like a really good um uh, writer director called tom hunsinger who helped also teaches at rada um, is it Rada or Central? No, it's Rada. Yeah. Uh, who teaches actors? Who's an actor himself? Who also was there to sort of provide support? And um, it was, you worked it was with Tom. Tom did, worked yeah, with yeah, yeah. So you know, there's a lot of what we do um, with funding from Skillset actually is bring the help the team, uh, you know, get support in every area. So a bit, a lot of that is development for sure. But the, it's always the way through the process, basically. Um, in terms of, I really
2: love the film actually, Colton, um, but in terms of the target audience, have you done sort of test screenings and do you, have you got a sense of how it's going to play to the audience you've aimed it at?
1: We have. We've done uh, quite a, probably about five or six test screenings. Um, and the, I mean, the, the people we've had in sort of range from, I guess, 12 to 18. And we've always scored really highly. You know, one of the things, one of the key things they said was it didn't look like a British film. Um, So, they liked the very sort of aspirational, upbeat ending to the story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well said. It wasn't, it it wasn't, it deliberately wasn't a shot like a sort of social realism type of movie. Um, You know, within the parameters of 100,000, I tried to make it look as slick and as polished as I could. Um, And they loved the music. So, it's always tested very highly, and they always compare it to things like Save the Last Dance, Honey, Step Up those kind of films that you know 20 million dollar budgets on those films
0: so yeah it tends to play sort of younger it's more like the core audience
1: is more like sort of 12 to 12 to 16
0: probably yeah yeah. so that seems to be the where which was really the aim wasn't it so actually aim, that yeah. sort of deliver it definitely delivered to the to the anticipated audience and yeah that's really important thing for us that you know f- I mean filmmakers get a real experience so you're also showing your work before you lock it, because that's a really good way to practice. You know, you need to show your films to the real audience before you really make that decision that right we've hit picture lock and obviously you know that's a challenge because it's not like there's loads on the cutting room floor I mean pretty much everything that you shoot on a microwave film is on screen Uh, you know that's why actually script development you can't afford that cutting room floor to be that you know filled and stuff so you know scripts have to be Particularly efficient on that front, um, but you know, that I mean, that was interesting, wasn't it, doing the test screening? Essentially, yeah,
1: yeah, just getting a sense of you know um, what the audience expected from this genre, this type of film, and I think in the main we pretty much delivered.
2: Yeah. Uh. Yeah, another one to do it. Well done Colton, and well done to the rest of the um, cast and crew there. Um, Just a quick question, what are you doing to reach out to the young audience that we're trying to target? Because it is a good film for them to see and I'm not seeing enough messages out there so I'd just like to know specifically what is being done to get to those young people.
0: Well, as I said, I mean, we are reliant on our distributor getting behind it. They're, they're doing a lot of the, yeah, the social networking campaign needs to kick in. So that's why actually doing lots, doing lots of talker of screenings like this is really important. So that's why we we got quite a big pro program of screenings coming up and doing as I said sort of face screenings and doing stuff like um, hopefully we're working with some uh, with an initiative called New Black and they're going to be doing stuff like getting um, like there are lots of ex-homeless units around London uh, and where you know kids are between like mainly between like 15 and 18 year olds and like taking the film into those places and you know which i think is a socially important thing to do but also you know really important to get to them because it's not got a studio style marketing budget it can't <coughs> compete against save the last dance in terms of what they can afford they can afford to just do some tv ads spend a million pound doing that not really do that much more and people just rock up and go to the cinema we can't do that so our distributor are not going to spend that kind of money because they just is you can't if you're not in the multiplex cinemas. so that's that's sort of the challenge so that's why doing lots of stuff like this and trying to get word of mouth going get you know that facebook group grow, growing get the the trailer out there all of that stuff you know trailers in cinemas now you know getting it into the empire leicester Square and rich mix and ritzy like really good places because that's where your audience congregates um, but again that's why multi-platform release is really important because you can't guarantee they'll all go to the cinema but they might download it or they might see it on iTunes or they certainly might get the DVD in mainstream places like Asda that's more where we're going to get to people really than, than in the cinema that's the reality um, I don't know if you've got anything to no, add I
1: think that's
0: it, yeah. Yeah. so get the word out there please if you liked it
3: one last question I was going to ask: In terms of social media marketing, what sort of marketing are you doing on social media?
0: Well, growing the Facebook Bebo campaigns, like regular updates. That that that's all kicking in now. So actually, we haven't got Revolver here, our distributor, to tell you exactly what they're doing. But it's quite. I mean, there's someone dedicated doing digital media. It's a, there's a digital media agency doing it. So all their work's like about to. Go now because, of course, you don't want stuff out there too late because you know it's yeah. just kicking in now a couple of weeks before our release. <coughs> we're actually like a. 10 I typed days in
3: little, the name of the film in Google, I didn't see that many. That's what I yeah, specialize in. Th- this is in a problem myself.
0: because it's called freestyle, and there are about a million other things called freestyle, <laughs> not just film. So that is an yeah. issue. So that's why they've got to drive all the traffic to freestyle movie and try and get around that grow our facebook campaign and bebo and that so all of that is being done now but that is a challenge i mean it's simple things like you know we should have thought about the name of the film freestyle because when you google it you know there are so many things I mean, that come it's up, come up yeah. yeah that's a that is an issue the title is a bit of an issue because of that actually okay so it needs to be grassroots work that we do
3: I it, but I'm going to see it um,
2: later but just picking up and if this question off, answers off key whatever I was just thinking like through um, magazines and um, places where people working with youth mm-hmm. put it sort of networks like that you, um, which would be partly through local authority networks mm-hmm. partly um, through uh, you know sort of independent magazines that 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 target the you know the the the, the frontline workers mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean i think so, that they're, I d- yeah they're definitely trying that sort of stuff and they i mean we're trying you know that we did a whole really there was a great idea Revolver did a press day where everyone came uh, the cast and taught the press how to freestyle which is a really good idea because that's how you appeal to people who are, you know, like, I mean a lot of them were like bloggers and stuff but um, you know, not necessarily, a lot of them are going to they're not going to be critics but it was really it was well attended wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was. uh, so stuff like that and you know, so we're doing traditional stuff more traditional stuff but trying to be a bit quirky and yeah, then we need to do outreach stuff like that. I mean I think they've done less of the educational stuff um, because you know, the the fact is that it's really about people buying the DVD and going to sit in cinemas. You know, you can do outreach programs, but there's a limit to how much that really drives audiences in. Okay, are we done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can. We all carry on talking, so yeah, you don't need to leave.